Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 16 of Genesis chapter 9. And again, we're going to read verses 24 through 27. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now from here... In our last study, we went to Matthew 25, because in Matthew 25, we find the Lord Jesus Christ comes in judgment, and when he comes, he pronounces a curse and a blessing, exactly as Noah, again, Noah was a husbandman, as God likens himself to a husbandman, God awakes to judgment. We read several times in the Psalms, Noah awoke and knew what his younger son had done to him and then pronounces the judgment. And so we went to Matthew 25 and we saw in verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy messengers with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now, again, Matthew 25, which is telling us about Christ coming and sitting upon the throne of his glory, that would be the judgment seat of Christ. And he comes with all his holy angels, all the holy messengers, which uh, we spoke about again uh, towards the end of our last study. And we saw that all of God's elect had to first become saved. The whole company of the elect had to experience the salvation of God. And once they did, then... God could begin the judgment process. And that's exactly what happened as the last of the elect became saved by the end of the Great Tribulation, when the latter reign completed, then God's salvation program came to a close, and God shut the door of heaven, which was an expression of his wrath, of his fierce anger, against the wicked people of the earth. It was a a major component of Judgment Day and the outworking of the punishment of God against all of the sinners that are in the world that that have no Savior. And, And so the elect, therefore, are coming with him in the sense that it is through that completion of God's salvation 
program that he is now able to begin judging the unsaved people of the world. And yet, we also read here in verse 32 of Matthew 25 that all people are brought before this uh, judgment seat. It says again, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And just from the basis of that verse alone, we know that there will be elect brought before him. Elect people will come before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that verse just said. Because all nations are gathered before him, and then there is a separation process that gets underway. Sheep, you go to the right. Goats, you go to the left. But both sheep and goats appear or are brought before Christ as he is seated to judge. And this is a Bible teaching. It is the doctrine of God it is the teaching of the scripture that the righteous and the wicked appear before God for judgment. This is a correction to us because previously we have thought that only the wicked in the day of judgment appear or are brought before the judgment seat. We previously understood that all the elect are raptured out of the world. They're removed from the place of judgment, leaving only those that never experienced salvation to come before Christ to be judged. And that's not what the Bible teaches. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says in verse 17, I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. As Ecclesiastes 3 tells us, to everything there is a time and a season. And it's the same when God is seated upon his judgment throne, the, the righteous appear, or yes, the righteous do appear, or made manifest, and the wicked Come before him to be judged. It is the time of judgment. And in the time of judgment, we read, for example, in Second Timothy 4, verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, that is, the quick is an old English word meaning the alive. God uh, who shall judge the living or the alive ones and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And who are the live ones? Who are the living? The righteous. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And he will judge the living and the dead. Or, as Ecclesiastes puts it, the righteous and the wicked. You see how the Bible has really taught this 
throughout the scriptures that it, it has always been God's intention to bring all before him in order to be judged. And that's exactly what we're seeing here in Matthew 25, verses 31 and 32. The Lord comes in his glory and is seated upon the throne of his glory, the judgment seat, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Remember what it says in Romans chapter 14. In Romans 14, verse 10, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You see, we we had a misunderstanding. We We did not uh, properly understand God's judgment program. If we had properly understood it, we would never have thought that the elect would have been raptured out of the world on May 21, 2011. The idea that we held and, and believed, it was the idea that many theologians had taught, that much of the church had taught, Throughout its history, the elect, of course, do not go through the judgment. No, they are taken out of the world. They're raptured before all else or everyone else that is not elect comes before God. And, and so we wrongfully, we, this, this is one place we have received correction and it, it's one area that we were completely wrong about when we declared that the elect would be raptured on May 21, 2011. And and it's very obvious we were wrong because we're still here on the earth. And yet we were right. It was judgment day. And, and some people, uh, maybe because we were not raptured, and they're under the impression the elect must be raptured before the judgment, they concluded, well, it cannot be judgment day because we're still here. And their conclusion is completely wrong. It is not according to the word of God. The word of God says the righteous are judged along with the wicked. When Christ appears, he will judge the quick and the dead. For instance, in Revelation chapter 14, we looked at verse 10, which speaks of the cup of God's wrath, and he pours it out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And then in verse 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up four or two ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. We've gone to these couple of verses a couple of times recently in our study in Genesis. Well, then look at the next verse. And please, go to Revelation 14, look at verse 10, look at verse 11, and you see the context 
is unmistakably the end of the world, judgment day. But look at the verse that follows in verse 12 after telling us uh, again that um, this is the time when the cup of God's wrath is being poured out and the, the wicked are drinking it and uh, partaking of it without mixture and so forth. Then immediately following these two terrible verses describing the wrath of God at the end of the world, we read in verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And you just have to shake your head and wonder, what is God talking about? That's that's how we, we've looked at this before. Uh, I recall Mr. Camping getting a question about this. And uh, he he just didn't know. He didn't know why God was making that kind of a statement in the context that it's found in. But the reason now is obvious, isn't it? That God's plan all along has been to bring his people into, not to escape out of, but to bring them into the day of judgment and before his throne, the judgment seat of Christ. We spoke about the manifestation or appearance that the elect are making before the judgment seat of Christ in in the last study, but still we are brought before. We are in the world, living on the earth, remaining. That's why First Thessalonians chapter 4, in verses 15 through 17, emphasizes that the rapture, finally, on the last day, it, the resurrection of the dead, takes place first in, in order, then the rapture of the living, of those that God says are alive and remaining on the earth. And he says that twice in those verses. That that's the point. They are alive and remaining because they were left. They, they are the, the ones that had to go through, that must endure to the end. We, we can see uh, when we properly understand God's end time judgment program and the finality of it, that this appearance must take place, we can see why the one that endures to the end will be saved. Why Hebrews 12 tells us that you must endure chastisement and scourging before you can be declared a son of God. And and we can see so many verses come together and fit together harmoniously. And now we have a proper understanding. We can understand why God says he'll judge the quick and the dead. We can understand why God brings the righteous and the wicked together in judgment. We we can see all these verses fit together. We can understand, for instance, why uh, it says in Isaiah chapter 24, in a chapter devoted to the destruction of the earth or to the end of the world, again and again in verse after verse, the earth 
is is seen under the wrath of God. It is the final judgment of the earth. For instance, it says in verse 4, The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. This isn't describing the judgment on the church. It's obviously the judgment on the earth. Verse 5, The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. What in the world is that verse saying? And and how could we ever previously have understood it? We never could have understood it. Where God is speaking of judging the earth, judging the earth. Uh, the, the earth is defiled under the inhabitants. The curse has devoured the earth. All that dwell in therein are desolate. The inhabitants of the earth are burned. And then a little statement at the end of the verse. But few men left. Who are they? Who are these few? And why are they left? That's the obvious question that we have to ask because we want to understand what the Bible teaches. Are people who... Uh, insist May 21, 2011 was nothing? Are they asking that question? Are they seeking to find an answer? No, it's as though they've given up all search of the scriptures. They, they're not looking for deeper spiritual meanings. They're not looking to solve the mysteries of the Bible. Well, if people are not looking to solve the mysteries of the Bible any longer, then what uh, exactly are they doing? What are they involved in. God's people always go to the Bible, always search it out and try to find answers. And and we don't say, well, we were wrong um, five years ago. And, and therefore, from now until when? From now un, until I die, I'm not going to look into end time things. Well, you're no different than the church. The church just accepts the certain teachings, the uh, eschatology, the the church will say, or it's taught in seminary. Now here's the ah mill, pre mill, post mill positions. Uh, you can choose your, you, you can choose either one. Just hold to that, and that's what you believe, and that's what you teach. And and they have given up search of the scripture, but God's people never do that. We, we, we never, um, just adhere to confessions and creeds and what theologians of the past have said. But to be a child of God means to be a Bible student. And to be a Bible student, there must be active, ongoing investigation or searching of the scriptures daily in order to discover the deep things of God, the mysteries that Christ spoke, the hidden truths of the word of God, the parabolic meaning of the whole Bible, 
and God's people continue to do so, looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God. Not, well, I'm done looking now. I'm done in my search. I have no intention of looking in that area. I'm not going to then, if you're not going to look at the end of the world, we'll stop reading about Revelation. You know, just don't read that book anymore. Forget reading Matthew 24, Matthew 25, large portions of practically all the Gospels. Might as well forget, uh, you know, just cross out Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Forget the book of Daniel and large portions of Jeremiah, of Ezekiel, of Zephaniah, and, and on and on and on. And what's it leave? It, it, it leaves your acceptable scriptures that you can go to that you will look into. And, and for all intents and purposes, you have cut up the Bible. The Lord's people search the entire Bible. It, it has been given to us. It, it is what God has graciously granted us to the ability to search all scripture and whatever we are able to come to an understanding of. And if we do, it's only by God's grace that he opens our understanding to see whatever he gives us to see. And if that involves uh, dates, if that involves uh, timelines and times and seasons, if it involves a judgment day occurring on May 21 and so forth, then we thank God. And and so we have continued. E-Bible Fellowship has continued, and again, only by the grace of God, to look into questions like Isaiah 24, verse 6 presents, where God says the earth is uh, under his judgment, it's defiled, the, the curse has devoured it, it, it's desolate, all the inhabitants are burned, yet, Few men left. And we have an answer. We have an answer. Could there be any other answer? Not that I'm aware of. But our present circumstances answer the question of who the few are. They are the elect. Many are called, few are chosen. And why they're left. Because God has left them to go through the fire of judgment day to try them to see if they're gold, silver, precious stone or wood, hay, stubble to bring them before the judgment seat of Christ to demonstrate that they've already appeared before that seat at the foundation of the world. And so we find a a solution, a solution that answers the question that the verse presents and answers it very well. See how all the scriptures come together harmoniously and they fit together. So we can only conclude we're on the right track. We're following the right path. And just think of those that have turned back. They've turned back to the church They've turned back to the world. They've turned back to other doctrine. Are they on the right path? Well, of course not. Of course not. 
And do you see any fruits, any growing in grace or in the knowledge of God? No. They're, they're losing the information, the knowledge they once previously held. They're, they're losing that which they had. Only God's elect continuing to search the Bible are continuing to gain knowledge and gain understanding. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.